Today's episode of the podcast is brought to you by National Roper Supply. NRS has been providing quality Western wear and horse tack since 1989, and they are proud to be the number one Western store in the USA. From functional and fashionable Western wear and horse tack to essential livestock and horse supplies, NRS carries the products you need at prices you can afford. NRS is a one-stop shop for all things Western. NRS also carries our new line of modern cowboy brand apparel, caps, t-shirts, and hoodies. And for our listeners, use your special discount code MODERNCOWBOY at checkout for 10% off your entire purchase. And remember, Modern Cowboy is the brand for the cowboy in all of us. Where are you cowboys and cowgirls at? Hey everybody, this is Dan Hillenbrand and welcome to Modern Cowboy, the podcast for the cowboy lifestyles and businesses around the world. I'm glad you're here, so sit back in your saddle and prepare to be inspired, motivated, educated, and entertained as I interview a new guest each week that embodies the modern cowboy. Every Friday afternoon, I hitch up the trailer. Saddle up old rock and ice down a cooler. I drive that old back road until it ends at the rope and pin. We got them rusted out pickups and fancy rigs $20,000 horses, then there's my own stick Although we're all the same The minute we ride in to the roping pen Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Modern Cowboy Podcast. Uh, I'm really excited to have my guest on today. There's a lot of reasons. One, uh, I know he's in Paso Robles, which is a place that uh, I, I've had I've, I had one of my best times roping ever in, in Paso Robles. It's a super, super cool place. Uh, and I took my boys there. I think it was about 2002. My sons were with me, Jake and Ty. And and um, I remember, uh, I'll, ask, I'll ask Tommy about it, but uh, I remember this little burger joint that was on the corner that um, had like a buck and bowl in it. But anyway, so I love I love Paso Robles for that reason, but also I love it for the wine. And I, I personally think some of the best wine comes out of Paso Robles, and that's what uh, Tommy is is into. Tommy is the wine boss, uh, uh, Tommy Booth, and I, like I've never met him before. So we're, this is our first conversation today, literally five minutes ago, when we just linked up on Zoom. Uh, but we're going to hear about uh, Tommy's business and. Um, and what he does and, and find out why he is the wine boss. I can tell you this. The guy looks like he could grace the covers of those romance novels, number one. Either that or he could play right alongside any Viking uh, in any one of these, you know, super cool Viking movies. I mean, this dude's got the you just these, you know, oh, like Greek, Greek methodic, uh, uh, you know, uh, look with this long gold locks. And uh, anyway, I'm jealous. So. Uh, without without any further ado, uh, Tommy, welcome to the Modern Cowboy Podcast. Thank you for having me, Dan. And that was one hell of an introduction. Thank you for that. <laughs> yeah. So so hey, so you you are the wine boss. I, I know that you that you you know that you you ride horses too. You know I don't I don't know how, you know how deep you go into like the rodeo or roping world or if you even do. But I know that you're you're big into the wine world. You do. You're you're living in a super cool place, which is very. I don't know how you describe past Robles, and I haven't been there in a little while, but I, it's it's gorgeous, and uh, there's all different types of, uh, you know, equestrian things there, as well as as the wine, and and I won't go into the the whole story. I mean, I, I've told it before on the podcast on several episodes, but 
I did have, my wife and I had oh, 600 vines before. We had a petite Syrah in a, in, in a red Zen. And so, yeah, so we, and I was not a winemaker, but my neighbor was, and we, we made about 700 bottles a year. And that's when I really got into wine, making this, this homemade wine. So, uh, I love wine and, um, you know, like I said, I've, I followed you on, on social media. So, uh, I'm going to stop talking and let you tell us about you and what you do, Tommy. Yeah. So, uh, Pastor Robles, we're actually wine boss turns five this April, which, um, I've been in Paso longer than that, but we opened up the, the wine boss, uh, taster room, uh, gosh, April of 17, I can believe it was. So, um, we're, we're going strong. We got through all the all the nonsense with the pandemic and whatnot. Mm. But I agree. I think I think Pastor Robles has some of the best grapes in the world. And I know that's saying a lot, but uh, we're known for our our diversity. Uh, we have varietals here that people still scratch their heads about, but we make uh, pretty dang good wines with them. Um, so that's what attracted me to uh, this area to begin with. Now, I did go to Cal Poly. Uh, San Luis Obispo. They had a wine and viticulture program. So uh, I, I figured, heck, uh, if you can get a degree in winemaking, what else would you want, right? Yeah, yeah. No kidding. <laughs> so uh, that was, gosh, I graduated back in 2010. And I just, um, I kind of did everything. I did vineyard work. I did taste room work. I uh, worked in the winery a bunch and uh, kind of considered myself a triple threat. So um, I created this wine boss umbrella. And uh, yeah, it's a uh, it's a crazy story. Basically, um, it, it does go back. Actually, uh, I would say my roots do go back to uh, my father, who was uh, he was a cowboy. Mm-hmm. So he was a rodeo star. Uh, he actually uh, Billy Wright, the Wright family. He was uh, it was basically his his mentor. Right. Um, all around cowboy in Napa High School, um, bronc riding, calf roping, etc. Um, and then he was at the Cal Palace in uh, 77 or 78 for the National Rodeo Competition. I think he took third. So, you know, fast forward about my mom had me. Uh, I actually grew up in Los Angeles. Um, he was doing some acting down there and she was doing some public health stuff. When we made the move from Burbank to more of the San Fernando Valley, there was a gated community out there called Hidden Hills. Right. They had tons of horses. So my father jumped on uh, the opportunity to be a horse trainer out there. And he got back into it. Um, but riding around and training horses around those trails, he noticed these these uh, rich people had some pretty large properties. Yeah. Um, and some of them were over the tennis courts and the llamas and whatever else rich people do with their large properties. <laughs> right. So he had this idea of putting in backyard vineyards, uh, sort of like what you had. So, um, you know, me back in high school, I was kind of like the token laborer who had to help him um, install these vines. And so that's what gave me this, um, I don't know, I guess this passion for winemaking I have now, because when push came to shove to apply for a major, um, he was like, why not go for your wine degree? And that's kind of how that happened. It's pretty funny. Yeah. So in, in, so the wine boss, I mean, because it's great. It's a super cool name. How'd you come up with that? Uh, Was that a a, uh, Zen festival back when we actually had um, a Zen fest where you go to a particular location here in Paso and try everyone's in. Right. Uh, now it's a thing where you just go frolic around the wineries and, and try them. But uh, I came out of the the uh, festival feeling pretty damn good. And I saw this store called Cigar Boss. I was like, that's <laughs> cool. You know, it's yeah. uh, kind of to the point. And um, 
boss kind of developed this term, you know, through pop culture, just like if you're a boss, you're handling your stuff, you're, you're kicking, you're cooking ass. So um, when push came to shove to develop a name for my business, I thought, Hmm, I think wine boss, I think wine boss would be pretty cool. That's very cool. It's funny because Modern Cowboy, the the way I got the name for that was I was in a hotel in Huntington Beach and uh, this magazine was on the on the on the desk in there and it was called Modern Luxury. And they had a, an actor on the front that was kind of dressed a little Western. And I looked at it and I just said, Modern Luxury, heck, Modern Cowboy. And that's how I got the name <laughs> for the brand. But anyway, that's that's interesting that you saw that uh, the signed cigar boss. Now, you know, the other thing, too, I got to tell you is uh one of our favorite movies, particularly my wife's favorite movie, is Bottle Shock. You could have played that part. Chris Chris Pine played uh, very easily with uh, you know your your long oh, yeah. locks. I mean, I, I think I think that Chris Pine looked like he had extensions and stuff in his hair. But uh, <laughs> but anyway, um, th- that's a great movie, and, and it's just a great testament to you know California wines and stuff. So as you as you you know got into you know making wine i mean you had been making wine before a little bit before you started wine boss or just working in other uh other wineries and vineyards and stuff or yeah you know uh obviously i dabbled in college you know we we had our little side projects and uh you know our student projects um but then funny enough uh you know when i was doing this vineyard work um and again this is from just a larger story basically uh pops in a passing away right when i got in a cal poly freak accident oh no so um someone had to take over the vines that were in hidden hills and calabasas what have you and um so i did it i stepped up i was 18 i I half knew what i was doing but cal poly's motto was learn by doing so it was kind of a kind of a perfect thing right um but who is going to make wine for these people you know, my clients are scratching their heads and I, I said, hey, you know what? I'm studying enology. Why don't I take a crack at it? Um, so I was making wine for these clients starting at about 18, 19 years old. And I was still a wine business guy. I wasn't quite enology yet. And then I entered a competition um, in Orange County and I took like an honorable mention, which isn't great. But it was enough to make me want to change my concentration fully to winemaking. Right. And um, ever since then, I've had just so much fun with it. So now, do you uh, do you own vineyards yourself now or do you manage them? And do you have a winery where, you know, you, once you get the grapes, you you have your process, how you make it? Or what do you have? What's that? So, uh, yes and no. I don't personally own a vineyard. Um, right. I've dropped a lot of clients in L.A., but I, I'm holding on to a couple of golden ones um, right. and we'll get to the, the big whopper here in a minute. But uh, yeah, so I processed those grapes for a couple of those clients down south. Um, and then I had a six year contract with Clarksburg, which is near Sacramento. Right. Um, a big name out of there is called Bogle um, yes. the Vineyard. I or the vineyard company I work with is called Herringer. What drew me to them, and it, this is probably heresy considering I'm in, I'm surrounded by a region of amazing grapes in Paso, right? Right. But they had uh, really great prices at the time. When I was starting out as an entrepreneur, I just, I didn't have the budget for Paso grapes or right. Napa grapes. Right. Let's not even go there. Right. And then um, they also were certified sustainable. And that's something that I am very passionate about as well. I think that, uh, that any sort of agriculture, you should be paying attention to the environment. 
uh, making sure your laborers are taken care of and just making sure it's feasible on right. every level. Right. So I was getting these grapes that tasted awesome for a great price and um, they were certified green. Then um, I think that's about it. You know, I dabble with a couple contracts here in Paso um, off of Camp 8. Um, I get some really great Zen back there, uh, some Viognier. But uh, yeah, wherever, you know, kind of where I go where I need to go. Right. Right. And so then you have a certain, uh, you know, way of, of, of making the wine or do you have uh, some of your clients that they have a certain way they like it made? And, and like I said, I mean, even though, you know, we made wine with our neighbors, I still don't understand, you know, the entire whole process. I mean, even though I've been there when it's gone through the crushing and, you know, adding the yeast and doing all those things, um, is there, do you have like one way you like to do it or is it different for every varietal? I mean, how, how does that work? You know, sometimes, uh, sometimes again, I hate to say it, but it could be a budget thing. Right. Um, but you know, of course, you know, we throw around, we toss around this term called terroir, which is like everything that goes into, uh, the growing of the grape to how you process it in the winery. Right. Now, um, basically how I pull in the grapes, like depending on their, their, their numbers. And we're talking about sugar, acidity, all kinds of stuff. Right. Um, that can kind of influence how you want to make the wine. Um, and then if a wine isn't doing so, I mean, if your grapes don't come in exactly how you want it, um, you know, you can run an Oak program right now. I grow grapes in Los Angeles, like I said, and, um, it's been interesting the numbers that these grapes come in, but both my clients have money. Uh, one is, um, you know, this billionaire in Beverly Hills and he threw at me so much money for an incredible Oak program. Right. Um, but my other client, the bombshell, my, hopefully my lottery ticket is, uh, the actor comedian, Kevin Hart. Okay. Um, Yeah. So very cool. I didn't even know it was his property and, and, and until I put two and two together and I, I finally met the guy and actually COVID kind of saved me on that because I spent so much more time there right. developing his vineyard and meeting with him that he entrusted me to make wine from his grapes. But again, they were younger grapes. So right. I said, hey, Kevin, let's get the best oak money can buy um, and let's create this beautiful, full bodied kind of French oak style wine that appeases right. a lot of palates. Um, and maybe we'll slowly step back from that and kind of showcase the terroir right. of, um, you know, where his grapes are in the off Mulholland Highway there. But um, yeah, I think style has a lot to do with uh, what makes a good winemaker. Yeah. So now when you're talking about, you know, your, the clients in LA and they're, and they've got their, their small vineyards, how many, how many vines, uh, or is like say just like your average you know a, a los angeles client uh you know it's funny i put in vineyards as small as uh 40 vines okay uh, but uh i know at uh, the hearts we did we're at 1360 okay uh we just pruned those all this week <clears throat> so uh hurting a little bit <laughs> just me and this other guy yeah um and we commute every week to take care of it and then um, the Beverly Hills, I want to say that one we didn't install probably uh, about three acres of vines, um, probably around twenty one hundred vines. OK. Yeah. 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 It's interesting because when, when I first planted mine, I, I put them in this one pasture in the front and I knew I wasn't going to run any animals in there. And, and I wanted to do it just for aesthetics. I really had no intention of making wine. I was, you know, and, and the way I set it up, I've got a lot of friends in Lodi and because this was in the in Northern California area, but um, or 
way East Bay over in Brentwood area. Knightson was actually the little town we're in, but, uh, I, I wanted to set it up so it looked really good. You know, I wanted, you know, the, the nice, you know, iron posts and just everything pulled really tight, you know, just super clean. So it looked, looked really beautiful. Well, uh, my neighbor came down, I think it was the fourth year and the grapes were just sitting there and he drove down and he, and on his little Kawasaki Gator and goes, what are you gonna do with those, with those grapes? I said, you know, I really don't know. He goes, well, come to my house. So, and I hadn't even met him. We'd lived on the street for four or five years and, Got in his little gator, went down to his place. He cracked open some wine he, he makes. And I come back an hour later, I told my wife, I said, we're making wine. So that's how, how ours happened. But what our grapes were like really high in sugar content, I think. And his weren't. So we, we actually did a blend and it came out, uh, you know, amazing. Um, again, I, I, I wasn't really a huge part of that process. He knew it, but I know the one, uh, one of the first barrels we got, I think was like a French oak barrel. Uh, right. Yeah. So well, you bring up a, a great point. I mean, blending can save your butt at the winery, I tell you. And that's a perfect example of how it does. Right. I mean, right. if you have opposite sugar levels and you got to find that middle that middle spot. Right. You know, I mean, that's why um, my flagship uh, wine, I would say, is Petit Verdot. It's one of my favorite varietals, but it's inky. It's acidic. It's tannic. And uh, a lot of times um, I'm willing to bet that if you're drinking a cab, especially if it's higher end, right. there's probably about five or 6% Petit Verdot in it because it lacked the color acid and tannins that um, the winemaker wanted. So you throw, you know, a little dab of do you. Right, right. <laughs> throw it in there and it, all of a sudden you have this outstanding wine. Yeah. Well, now what, what variety is that? Cause I, I'm not familiar with that name, but, uh, and, and again, I had we had some petite Syrah and does petite just mean it's a, a just a small gray? I mean, what does that even mean? I don't even know. And I actually own those. So, <laughs> uh, petite Syrah, you know, it's funny. I don't know where these names come from either. To be, <laughs> to be okay, okay. It's like it's like one day the French were just like, okay, let's just call it this. Gotcha. Um, but you know, maybe, maybe uh, there's something to be say, said about the size of the berry and whatnot. Um, uh, Petit Syrah is a Rhone varietal, uh, Rhone region of France. Petit Verdot is one of the the five leading Bordeaux in France. Um, you know, and then there's Merlot, Cab okay. Franc, Cab Sauve, Malbec, um, and there's uh, a lot of people think that these varieties are from South America because that's where they got famous. You know, the really? early explorers were bringing these varieties over. Um, and they weren't doing as well in France as they were in South America. So people think they originate, you know, right. in Chile or Argentina, but no, they're French and um, just, ter just terrific. You know, it's so, it's so fun finding these varieties and just seeing what you can do with them. Right. And, and are, are there, I mean, it seems like there's, there's always, you know, new wines coming out. I mean, wine's been, well, I mean, it's been such a, a huge thing since the beginning of time, really, you know, like I always say, good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for me, you know, and, uh, <laughs> uh, but you know, you, initially when I started drinking wine, you know, I didn't have that palate, you know, and as you get more mature and you, and you taste different things, it's like, okay, you, you start to like, you know, different varieties, different tastes. And, and I'm, I'm at the point now where I like, I like wines that really have a lot of the, the tannins in them. I like it kind of, I like it to have a little bit of a bite, you know, um, it's kind of like smoking because I like good cigars too. And so like a lot of cigars that have a lot of pepper, I'm not crazy about that as much, but in a, in a wine, I like it. I don't, I don't like a real sweet wine, I, I guess is, is my biggest thing. 
Yeah, those are we call those uh, headache bombs sometimes. Oh, <laughs> but, you know, and uh, but you're 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 really hitting the nail on the head here with what you're saying. You know, developing these acquired tastes, and you know, being a winemaker, I've tried about just about everything out there, and I know what I like and don't like. But even the things I don't like, I know I have an appreciation for, and um, you know, I know whether for that style of wine, if it's a good wine or not. Right. You know, and um, yeah, I think it's it's funny. Uh, you're kind of describe when you describe a wine and describe what you like. You're describing yourself. You right. know, it's kind of funny how you just kind of you, you learn about yourself through the wines you drink. You know, so um, it's just one of those like spiritual uh, philosophical things, you know, uh, when you're, when you're drinking wine, I guess, you know, and the other thing too, that I, I, I laugh about now because uh, you know, when you always hear about pairing things together and I used to think, what, what's that, you know, what's, what do you mean pairing, you know, but <clears throat> it's so funny, you know, my wife and I, we, cause we love to cook and we cook all the time and, and we're cooking whatever. And then, or, you know, we have whatever we're having, you know, the cheeses or whatever it may be. And they, oh man, that's really good with that wine. You know, you just, you start doing it automatically because it really does make a difference and it changes the way that, you know, you enjoy, you know, the wine. Well, shoot, I can't wait to send you some Petit Verdot <laughs> then, especially for having me on here. So <laughs> if you haven't had it yet, um, and I'll send you some food pairings. What I used to love, uh, what I love getting out of my tasting room is uh, I kind of, not that I don't like picking apart a wine and, and telling you what it tastes like and smells like and what have you. Like, that's all fun. I used to have a lot of fun with that. Um, but now I kind of like hearing how wine makes people feel, what it, what it, uh, what it makes, what it reminds people of, like what memory it draws. And it's fascinating what people tell me. They'll, yeah. they'll try out one of my wines and say, oh man, this reminds me of being on grandma's porch or listening to jazz or you know, or they get really abstract. Like I'm walking on clouds. I'm like, all right, you do you, you know, <laughs> right. but that's so, that's more fulfilling for me to hear when people drink wine than what it tastes like. But, um, it's fun either way. Yeah. And now, now you have a tasting room where you're at. Sure do. Yep. Yeah. Downtown Paso Robles is, Oh, it's down. So it's, it's not where you live. It's actually in a commercial building or. Um, uh, it's, it's okay. So we have a, uh, if you recall, we have like, um, an epicenter with a park, right. um, beautiful. It's, it's really growing, expanding. It's becoming beautiful. I mean, 15 years ago, you would see tumbleweed just blowing right by and maybe some conveniences and that's about it. Now it's a bona fide town, bona fide town. Uh, we're maybe a couple blocks from the park, uh, in a building, um, on a pretty popular street. Um, funny enough, I went to business, uh, on the, with the property from an old vineyard client. Uh -huh. Um, so he's, he's taken really good care of me and works well with me on the property, but very humble spot. You look at my spot and it's just kind of like, cheers, you know, it's right. right. I'm not as deep pocketed as some of these folks around me. Yeah. Hey, you know, when I was talking earlier, when we first started, uh, uh, in the introduction, I, I'm trying to, I can't remember the name of the, I don't, it's a burger joint. I think it was a little burger joint or beer and burgers. Um, and it seemed like it was on the corner right downtown and they, they had a mechanical bowl in there. Um, I don't know if it's still there or not, but yeah. Um, I think you're thinking of the rodeo funny. Maybe, maybe that's <laughs> it. Okay. Yeah. That's been there for ages, but that, um, as far as mechanical bull, I don't know. That might've been before my time. Yeah, it was, it was tucked right in the corner, right? When you walked into the, into the door. And, and matter of fact, it seemed like it was kind of jammed in there a little bit, but, uh, anyway, I just remember that. I remember that it was a big, uh, I can't remember if it was a, uh, a, a cinch, 
um, USTRCA rodeo, uh, roping or what it was, but there was a lot of people in town and I had to get a hotel and just a little teeny hotel there uh, or motel. And it was like 175 bucks a night. Mm-hmm. And that was, that was back in you know 2002, but uh, how funny is that? Yeah, yeah. The midstate fairgrounds, uh, gosh, what a, I'm so, we're so blessed to have that nearby. I mean, yeah, all the horse shows and dog shows that we see roll through. And then of course the midstate fair is so awesome. The, the country music it brings in and, and then the rock classic rock names yeah. too that come through. We saw Van Halen there and oh, it's yeah. Leonard Skinner. Just, uh, it's such a fun area. I really encourage everyone to come visit Paso and, uh, not just for the wine, but for just all the entertainment as well. Yeah. Um, I, I gotta ask you this because, uh, there's a movie called um, Family Man with Nicolas Cage, and mm-hmm. I've, I've we've watched it, you know, over and over and over. We just, we just like love that movie. But when he's uh, you know in his dream and and they go to that restaurant and they're ordering their dinner and he he's ordering you know all the 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 uh, you know breast of quail and the with shiitake mushrooms and the, he's going to have the scallops whatever and he goes oh and we'll have a bottle of Lafitte. M82. And she's like, you know, that's it, honey, that's it, you know, $800 bottle of wine or whatever. And he goes, you know, we'll just have the house, you know, red by the glass. But so I kind of Googled it one time and look, but is Lafitte, is that like a fame, a famous wine? Uh, uh... You got me there, man. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> I, 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 I'm trying to think. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I know there's, I know Screaming Eagle. I mean, if you get, if you ever come across Skeet, Anyone ever offers you Screaming Eagle and it's on the house, you take it because <laughs> those are like $1,300 plus bottles of wine. Um, but Lafitte, you know, I'm, I'm curious myself now too. They just developed this reputation <laughs> for um, exclusivity and it, they just, they marketed so well to people that it's such high quality, but um, so low supply that they right. can get away with these just ridiculous prices. Um, I'm, I'm impressed by it. I don't even hate on it. I think right. it's, uh, I wish I could do that and maybe I could do that with Kevin's wine, you know? Um, so we'll see. Right <clears throat> now, you know, your so your dad was the one that started these doing these small vineyards for, uh, people in, in Southern California, which is really, I mean, a, a, a super novel idea. And this was what year was that when he started? Oh boy. We probably started, uh, well, shit, I remember, excuse my language. No, you're fine. You're fine. <laughs> I remember uh, unloading grapevines out of my dad's truck. Uh, and, God, I was eighth grade. So uh, I don't know, man, tw- 2001, 2000, something like that. Yeah. So, um, but that was great. I mean, that was such good times because uh, he not only started the grapevine business at the or vineyard, backyard vineyard business, but he also um, got back into wanting to show uh, his own horses again. Got you. And so, um, he got, um, he got, a basically a broodmare, but she's ex-race horse from an auction at Cal Poly found out she had Appaloosa on her. Oh, and he's like, okay, I want to, <clears throat> he went to Denver and got his own, um, AI certificate. So he actually did the AI himself with an, uh, famous race horse that was an Appaloosa called live the dream. Um, and then out popped my boy Merlin, who was actually turning 20 here in a month. Oh my gosh. But, um, okay. We so we had this cool, just um, <clears throat> awesome relationship, him and I, where we were putting these vineyards together, uh, training the appies. And um, um, yeah, so it was really cool. He, he actually went to go, uh, he took Merlin to become a world champion at the APHC show in um, Fort Worth 
for lunge lining and uh, carting and under no saddle. So, yeah, it was pretty cool. What an arena that is. I think it yeah. was, uh, gosh, what arena is it in Fort Worth? Oh, um, um, not the AT&T, is it now? <clears throat> no, not AT&T. I can't think of it, but I'll, I'll text you about it. But yeah, what an incredible, the, they do go bigger in Texas. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> that's for sure. So, um, what 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 do you see? Where do you see Wine Boss going here in the next you know five years? What what what's your plans for it? I mean, obviously you you know you it's incredible what you've done so far and just since two thousand seventeen. But uh, what what what's your the big the big idea for it? Oh man, uh, leave it to a podcast to get me all existential, <laughs> huh? Yeah, uh, exactly. You know. Uh, that's a damn darn good question. I think I'm just kind of keeping my head down and working right now. Right. Um, I, I signed the lease for a year just to, just to be calm and cautious, cautious right. side. Um, but, you know, there's no reason for me not to keep going with this and make something big out of it. Um, I think uh, the reason why I don't have a firm answer is because I want to see where this thing with Kevin Hart goes. I think that really is something special. Right. Um, and to, to actually uh, – kind of bring more light to that situation is um, the only reason why I'm making wine for him right now. The reason why I even installed a vineyard there was because it was actually on a property. Uh, Dad and I had installed a vineyard on 17 years ago. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So if there, you know, this is about divine intervention as it gets for me. Right. You know, yeah. Um, yeah. He, he, he basically gifted me uh, this Kevin Hart account, you know, from above, which is, you know, I can't tell you how, crazy that feels because uh had we not planted that vineyard 17 years ago and then me getting the call five years later or five years ago to replace it i would not be in this position right you know so i think i want to run with that um i'm gonna keep going wine boss i make wine for uh some incredible reggae rock bands like i like i love my the like sublime genre music yes yes um there's such a hoot to to work with and kind of see where private labels go and and just you know, kind of let the wind take me, you know? Yeah. Now, I, now you're producing uh, wine under your own label too, under the wine boss or. I still, I'm still pondering that as well. Okay. I don't have a wine boss wine. It's all produced and bottled by. So I have a very eclectic menu. You guys could check it out. Uh, the wine You could see all of my, all the wines I make. And um, but the, uh, there are no wine boss uh, labeled wines. Um, I'm on the fence of calling a wine wine boss. Gotcha. I, I, I'm thinking of coming up with my own DBA, possibly. Gotcha. You know, and um, start another brand. We'll see. Yeah, but but the wines that, that you have on your website and that are available, they're produced by the wine boss. Yep. But all me. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> and then, <clears throat> and that's at wineboss.net. The wineboss.net. Yep. Okay. And then, um, do you someone have like a stole, someone stole dot com. Yeah, yeah, I know how that goes. I, I, yeah. Um, so then, uh, you do you have a, a a wine club too uh, that uh, people can uh, subscribe to or? Sure do, sure do. Uh, if folks are interested, it's on the website as well. Um, conveniently under the wine club tab. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I offer six wines quarterly. Uh, includes shipping, hundred fifty bucks. Um, I'm going to come up with some other tiers. That's a little bit easier right? on the pocket. Or if you don't just drink that much wine, I mean, 24 bottles a year might not be uh, your thing. Right. Cheers for me. Right. But, 
<laughs> yeah, it's worth checking out. And um, I would just, uh, I love having people come to the taste room, just all the people I've met. And um, um, You said you're, are you in Wittenberg? Yeah, we're in Wickenburg. Yeah, yep. Okay, Wickenburg. That was yeah. I my farrier just moved out there. Oh, really? He, yeah, he's trying to me come get me uh, down there and come roping and stuff. And I'm like, oh shoot, that'd be so much fun. But uh, yeah, it it's it's a it's a great little town. I mean, it it really is. Uh, matter of fact, um, we we uh, I'm actually a builder, and so we're building some homes out here. So uh, I might have to might have to sell you a house out here when. When Wine Boss goes super huge, that's what he did. I'd love to be down there. I I miss that stuff, man. I miss all the, I miss the equestrian world big time. But uh, all I do now is trail ride yeah. with wine, though. So it's not a bad gig. But, yeah, uh, I do miss that vibe a lot. It was so much fun. Now your horse Merlin is is uh, he out of uh, that uh, uh, mare of your dad's? Yes, you... he's the he was the world champion. So, no kidding. Um, yeah, you know, he's doing great, though. Um, you know, I finally can afford a great boarding facility, and uh, it's on a property with a vet, and they're just outstanding. Um, yeah. You know, we just Jake got wanted to get his top line looking good again, and, um, you know, he had, he had slight navicular issues, but we're, we nipped it in the butt real quick, got them all. My new farrier, she's fan, she's fantastic, and I say she, yeah, she's awesome. Yeah. I, I put her up against ninety uh, percent of the men out here that shoe, but um, <clears throat> she worked with Gene Armstrong, who's kind of a legend in his own right, um, out here in South Bispo, and right. um, so it's good to have him in good hands again and, and sound, yeah, which we all want our horses to be, yeah, absolutely. So um, yeah, I'm uh, looking forward to taking him on some more adventures. Very cool. Hey, so I always, I've got three questions I always ask all my guests. Uh, first one is, uh, do you have a favorite brand of cowboy hats? Stetson. Stetson, okay. Favorite <laughs> favorite brand of cowboy boots? Uh, I guess I love me some Ariots, but I'm always rocking Justin's. <laughs> there you go, okay. And how about Western movies? You got a favorite Western or cowboy movie? Oh, man, that's tough. I mean, I love Tombstone. Oh yeah, but I love Young Guns too. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, too great. There's so, so many. There's so many great lines out of both those movies. It's not even funny. <laughs> for sure, man. So, I'd have to say. I guess I'd have to say Tombstone because uh, I don't know. Val Kilmer just so dang dang good at uh, Doc Holiday and that. And I got to meet Val too. So, uh, I guess Tombstone. Yep. That's very cool. Very cool. Yeah. Matter of fact, I, I, this picture, you can kind of maybe see it behind me. That's Val Kilmer. That was, uh, actually that, uh, was a watercolor done by Buck Taylor. Buck Taylor was, you know, on Gunsmoke and then he was in, um, uh, Tombstone. He was with, uh, uh God, what, well, I can't remember his name now. Cactus. What was it? I can't remember. Creek Johnson and Cactus yeah. somebody. Remember yeah, they yeah. come, they come out of the bar and, and, uh, Val Kilmer says him, you know, Creek, watch your ear. Cause he got grazed by a bullet. But yeah. Anyway, so yeah, so he he drew that that or that painting there of, of Val Kilmer, and then he signed it to to Daniel Law and Order every time because that's what he, that's what he said in the movie. That was one of his lines. <laughs> that's yeah. right. That's yeah. right. Yeah, so, that's a cool story, man. Yeah, yeah. So it's pretty cool. Well, hey, but, you know, I'll, I'll tell you, man. We, we, I, you know, my son lives in in uh, Livermore area, and and we we do get out to California, but we're gonna definitely have to come over and and visit you and uh, come to your tasting room and and then. Have you have you show us around uh, Paso again? Because it's been a while since we've been there. I just I just remember it was so beautiful driving into that 
into that that area you know and and just the surrounding areas and stuff and i'm sure that there's even more vineyards now and in and, and more grapes uh you know traversing the hills yeah we, we'd love to have you i think we're up to 300 wineries right now like ridiculous man really yeah but uh it's a feed the table type of town you know yeah, uh, yeah. we all support each other and we all want to do well uh but yeah wait till you see it when you come back here it's expanded so much and i would love to show you guys around that'd be so fun and then you i gotta come to wickenburg too that would be uh that'd be yeah a blast. absolutely absolutely um well very cool and, and uh, man, i'm super excited uh, you know for you with your with your ventures with uh kevin hart i mean i mean he's he's you know probably unquestionably one of the biggest stars <laughs> Right. you know and it has been for several years now you know and uh, yep. and uh and not to mention he's hilarious and his in his movies are always so entertaining and that that's just so cool that uh you know you've got this uh this business deal with him which is which is awesome yeah i uh yeah i'm I'm uh, yeah lost for words man we'll see yeah. i'm i'm so stoked the fact that I am, i'm in this position i'm truly truly blessed and I, um, I hope I don't screw it up. <laughs> oh, I, 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 I'm sure you won't, you know, and like you said, it was, it was kind of divinely gifted to you from, you know, from your dad up above and, mm -hmm. and, uh, pun intended on the divine part. Uh, yeah. but, uh, that's, divine. that's, yeah, that's just a super, super cool story. That's, that's just so great, man. I'm, I'm really happy for you. That's, that's very, very awesome. Thank you so much, Dan. I really appreciate that, man. Yeah. Well, Tommy, Hey man, it, it was great, you know, finally getting to talk to you. I, I know we've, you know, we messaged uh, back and forth a little bit, you know, I, I don't know before, I don't know if it was August or when, but anyway, uh, you know, we finally, finally got connected and could get this scheduled. I'm, I'm super glad we super glad we did. And so people can go and check you out on, at, uh, uh, wineboss.net. And then you're also on Instagram as at wineboss, right? Uh, we'll send to my business, my business, uh, it's, uh, at wine boss underscore Pastor Robles, but, uh, okay. You guys want to see my personal life? Sure. Go for it. At yeah. the wine boss. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Very cool. Well, Hey man, I, I appreciate you taking the time to come on and, and sharing your story with us and just look forward to watching you, you know, grow here in the future and, and, and look forward to coming out there and visiting too and, and seeing Paso again. It'd be very cool. Absolutely. Anytime. Thank you so much for having me, man. You bet. All right. You have a good day and we'll talk soon. All right. You too. Bye-bye. Every Friday afternoon, I hitch up the trailer. Saddle up old rock and ice down a cooler. I drive that old back road until it ends at the rope and pen. We got them rusted out pickups and fancy rigs. $20,000 horses, then there's my own stick. Although we're all the same, the minute we ride in to the roping pen.
Yeah, we don't do it for the money Yeah, we're always broke Just ask Clint what he paid a rope Now he's lost a dozen wives Half the fingers on his hands To the rope and pin And it takes a little skill And a little luck If you can talk smack If you can back it up Oh, but we're all friends No matter who wins Down at the rope and pin Turn another pin of steers Tell a few more lies Drink another beer And hypothesize Most of life's problems By God we're gonna solve them Down at the roping pen We'll see y'all again Next weekend Down at the roping pen Down at the roping pen